about Bible study time. Glory to God. Who's been studying the Bible? Anybody been reading the Bible? Anybody been reading? Anybody been reading it differently than you used to read it? Are you, somebody said, I'm looking for Jesus. You've been looking for Jesus when you've been in the Word? That is great news. Because he's in there, isn't he? From the beginning to the end. Amen. God was all about a relationship with us. Amen. And in some places he made it plain and clear and obvious and loud. In other places uh, he made it subtle. Amen. Amen. In other places he put shadows of Jesus in there. In other places uh, he did other things to communicate that he was about making sure that we stayed connected to him. Amen? Because God wants a relationship. A what? He wants a relationship with who? With all of us. Amen? And so we've been looking to see Jesus in every book of the Bible. And uh, we are still in the first five books of the Bible. Seeing Jesus. Amen. Right. What book were we in last time? Leviticus. Were y'all here last? Y'all were. Oh, see, I, I, I took names last time, so I know. I know y'all were here last time. So, so yes, we were in Leviticus last time. Amen. And I exhorted you to read it on your own. Anybody had a chance to look at any of it on your own since last Bible study time? Oh, well, good. Good, good, good. If you haven't yet, still take advantage of the opportunity to look in there because I told you that as we're doing this study, we're doing a, uh, a survey. Okay, not an in-depth study, but a survey so we can see Jesus in every book of the Bible. But there are more things in every book of the Bible for us to learn and to study and to see the power of God, to see the grace of God, to see the love of God. Amen? So I exhorted you to, to use your Bible and to review the things that we worked on last time, the things we looked at last time, the scriptures we studied last time. And I also exhorted you to read some of these passages that we've been studying in a modern English translation. Y'all remember that? Okay. What's the modern English translation of the Bible? The Message Bible is a modern-day translation of the Bible. What's the standard one that we use in church most of the time? The King James Version of the Bible. Okay? And now there's a new King James Version of the Bible. But most of the time we use the standard King James Version of the Bible. Okay, this was the standard one that was written, that was translated into English hundreds of years ago. How many? Hundreds of years ago. So now there are translations of the Bible in modern day English. Why would somebody put the Bible in modern day English? Because we're modern people. <laughs> right, we're modern people and we need a modern understanding. We need a modern understanding so we can know how much God loves us. We can understand what he's doing in our lives. We can understand his grace towards us. We can understand his mercy towards us better. But if we, if we only know one translation, then sometimes we don't get the full meaning of what God is saying if we don't know old-fashioned English, okay? We need modern-day English, and then we're clear. So tonight I brought one of my modern day translations of the Bible, and I want to know who has one of these. The Amplified Bible. Does anybody have one of these? Okay, some of, I see some saying, yes, I shaking their head, yes, I have it. I, ha I see some looking like, I don't know what that is, but I see some looking like, uh, yes. Well, here's the good news. If you don't have a hardback copy of the Amplified Bible, which is a modern-day translation, if you don't have it in your possession, but you have the Bible app on your smartphone or your tablet, it's in there. 
It's got a bazillion translations in your Bible app on your, on your cell phone or on your tablet. It's available to you. You can also put it on your computer. And then you can have 45 modern-day translations of the Bible. You say there's more than one? Yes. Many, many of them. Okay? So, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm staying on this. I'm not going to get off of it, okay? So next week I might, I might bring a different one, okay? Because I want you to, to know that God's speaking in a way we can understand. Amen? Good, good, good. So I'm going to sit that right there. Hope I don't knock it over. Amen. Tonight we're going on to the book of Numbers. Okay. We've, we've seen Jesus in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and now we're looking to see Jesus in the book of Numbers. And I've touched on it lightly before, but we're going a little deeper tonight. Okay. So... The book of Numbers is a part of the first five books of the Bible. And what do we call the first five books of the Bible? The Pentateuch. Very good. And who was the author? Who was the person who was writing? Okay. Moses was the one that was writing. And how did Moses know what to write? God spoke to him. God told him what to write. Okay. Because elsewise, how would he know about in the beginning. Was Moses there in the beginning? No, so he wouldn't know what was there in the beginning except somebody told him. So who could tell him what was in the beginning? Well, how could God be the one to tell him what was there in the beginning? Because he is the beginning. Okay, he is the beginning. So uh, Moses heard from God and he wrote the first five books of the Bible for, for who? For us, amen, for God's people and for us. And so now we're in the book of Numbers. So this is book number what? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. So make number what? Four, okay, this is the fourth book of the Bible. And it's called, uh, sometimes called the book of divine discipline. Um, because in the, book of the, in the book of Numbers, we see the Lord uh, in his relationship with his people. In his what? Relationship with his people. And, and the people were, were God's people, and, and the people had a relationship with God. Um, and, but sometimes when you have relationships with people, does it always go smooth? Uh, have you ever made friends with, with somebody and it was all good in the beginning? And then, it, and then it went south, turned sour, went left instead of right. Why? Because we were on the same page. And, and so with God's people, they got to the place where, where, where sometimes they would get off the page. They would get off the same page with God. They, they would be like, oh, oh, God is great. He's wonderful. He did these great things for us. I'm so thankful. I'm so appreciative. I'm so glad. And then if they had to wait for something, then, then uh, they, they start getting a little bit of attitude. Like, why I got to wait? Like, like why, why is it taking so long? Like, like I, really, I really wanted blue and you gave me pink. Like, I really wanted yellow, and this is green. And, and, so, and so in the book of Numbers, we see some of those things coming into God's people's relationship with God. So you say, well, how in the world could, could anybody, you know, get an attitude with God? I mean, how could, anybody, I mean, how could they, you know, start freaking out? Because, because God did amazing things for his people. Did he do amazing things for them? And, and when we were re as we've been studying this and we were in the book of Exodus, we saw how his people were in bondage, in slavery to the Egyptians, and God supernaturally, miraculously brought them out of bondage. So that, that, was, that was all happy, happy, joy, joy. So he, he brought them out of bondage to a Red Sea that they could not swim across, 
So he opened it and let them walk across the sea on dry ground. Was that supernatural? Was that amazing? And when they got on the other side of the Red Sea on dry ground, then they had a party and they danced and celebrated and all of that. And then they found out that God promised them a, a, a territory of their own. And they were like, oh, this is great. We're going to have our own territory. And then, and then they found out, well, 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 some people, we're going to have to evict some people from the territory. And then they started like, well, what? I thought we were just going to walk in and just, and it was going to be all easy. It was going to be a piece of cake. And it could have been a piece of cake. Uh, but they hindered the cake. <laughs> they blocked the cake from their own experiences by their attitude. And so in the book of Numbers, it's the book of divine discipline, showing the relationship between God and his people. And in the book of Numbers, um, they had been camped out at Mount Sinai. They came out of Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea, and now they're headed toward their promise. The Lord promised them a, a land of their own. They're heading in that direction. And now they're at Mount Sinai, they've been there. They, sat, they stayed there for about 11 months. And then the Lord gave them a signal that it was time to move and go. And so they had to pack up their stuff and start moving toward their promise. They had to start going toward the place that God prepared for them to give them to be a blessing, to give them as their own. And so they, were they found out that it was going to take them. How were they going to get there? They had to walk. Okay, they, did, they had to walk. Why did they have to walk? They didn't have no cars. <laughs> there was no modern transportation. That was the mode of transportation. And so uh, looking at it now, we understand that it, it should have taken them 11 days to walk from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea was an oasis. Say an oasis. Oasis in the wilderness. Oasis in the desert, and they were supposed to leave from Mount Sinai region, go to Kadesh Barnea, and get ready to enter into the promised land. Um, so, before, but before they left to go to Kadesh Barnea, when they were still at Mount Sinai, some things happened. The law was given to them. The Lord spoke the law to Moses. Moses told them what the law of God was. Included in the law was the ten what? Commandments. Yes. Okay. Um, and before they left the Mount Sinai region to go into their promised land, uh, the people had to be reorganized by tribes. Because when they left Egypt, it was like, let's all just get up out of here. Let's just get across this Red Sea before Pharaoh comes after us. Did he try to come after them and take them back into bondage and slavery? Yes. What happened to, to Pharaoh and his soldiers when they came after God's people? They, the, the sea closed up on them and they drowned. Okay? So when they got on the other side, they, and they were in the Mount Sinai region, they had to be reassembled as the 12 tribes of Israel. And so the people were reorganized by tribes. And the beginning of the book of Numbers is talking about them uh, being reorganized. And what happened was a census was taken. What's a census? Accounting. Accounting. How many people were of the tribe of Levi? How many people were of the tribe of Reuben? How many people were of all the different tribes of Israel? And after they took that census of how, how many people were in this tribe and how many people were in that tribe, they were encouraged to connect with the people of their tribe. And they were asked to assemble themselves, camp out with their tribes around the tabernacle that was built, not a building that was set up, erected, I should say, 
for them in the wilderness. Was the tabernacle, why do I say it was erected and not built? It was erected and not built because it was not permanent. It was not permanent. It was, it was, say it was not permanent. It was mobile. It was, mo it was a mobile worship center. So they could put it up and take it down. And put it up and take it down. And so, so the tabernacle was established, established for the people to worship with their kinfolk. And uh, the priesthood was established so they could lead people into worship. And the ceremonies of the, of the people of God were established. And we talked about that in Leviticus, the, the feast days and the celebration days and the day of atonement and the day of Pentecost and all of those things were established. And in that period of time, when it came time to move, in spite of everything the Lord had done for them, uh, the people started copping attitudes. And so the book of Numbers is all about uh, what happened in that experience that they were having of being whiners. You don't know any whiners? Complainers. I didn't say winos, I said whiners. <laughs> whiners, complainers. Because they didn't have everything they wanted. And they began to murmur. And they began to rebel. And when they would rebel, consequences came. You ever had rebellion on you? And a hush fell over this crowd. <laughs> and consequences fell on you. Did that ever happen to anybody in here? In this period of time, uh, the people of God started functioning by doubt and unbelief and disrespect. You ever had a child disrespect you? I won't ask you, have you ever disrespected anybody? Because I know this people of God. <laughs> okay. Okay. Disre they, begin, they begin to function in disrespect and rebel and consequences came. So, disrespect and murmuring and whining and complaining, it precipitates some problems. Correct? And this is what was happening to the people of God in the book of Numbers. So I want you, let's look at um, some of this murmuring that they did. Because, because if you give people everything, if you give people everything, and what you get back is disrespect, and what you get back is murmuring, and what you get back is whining, and what you get back is complaining, and what you get back is dissatisfaction with everything. Does that make you happy? No. <laughs> it, right, exactly, exactly, okay? And so this is, and this is what we're gonna see in the book of Numbers. Anybody ever read the book of Numbers before now? Okay, so, so you see what happens with this whining, murmuring, and complaining. So let's, let's look at a little bit of murmuring in Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. Are you there? Numbers chapter 11. Let's get there first. Amen. We're studying together. I'm thankful for all of you being here tonight. Thankful for our online friends who are, are studying the word with us as well. Amen. We got online members of Eagle Summit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So Numbers chapter 11, and let's begin at verse number one. Are you there? Numbers chapter 11 and verse one. It says, and when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled what does that mean? Anger was kindled. I mean, he got hot. 
under the collar. Okay? It says, the anger of the Lord was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. What does that mean? Uh, some stuff started burning up. Okay? So they were brush fires, natural occurrences going on that they didn't expect. And people got burnt. Verse 2, and the people cried unto Moses. And when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Taberah because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. So the people cried to Moses. Why were they crying out to Moses? Fix it, fix it, fix it. Do something about this. You got to do something about this. Because Moses, because Moses was the great fixer for them. That he was the, if anything went wrong, they were calling out Moses, Moses, Moses. And when they would say Moses, 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 Moses would do one thing. What is that? Cry out to God for them. Cry out to God, not for himself, but for them. Moses prayed unto the Lord, and the fire was quenched. Verse 4. So, so, so now the fire is quenched, so now everybody's good, right? Everybody's thankful. Everybody's glad. Thank the Lord Moses is here. Thank the Lord he could pray for us and, 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 and uh, help us get back. Right. Now they love him. Verse 4. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again. What does that mean, fell a lusting? They started wanting stuff. They started becoming greedy. Wanting more and more and more and more and more and more and more. They were getting fed every day. They had enough, but they wanted more. I had enough dinner, but I want more. <laughs> I got a full belly, but I want more. I still, I still just got a taste for that. Oh, my God. I need some of that. So, so he, whatever that is. And the mixed multitude that was among them. What does it mean when it says mixed multitude? Does anybody know? Among the people of God were other nationalities. They were, uh, there wasn't just Jewish people, okay? There were people who had come from Egypt with them. There were people from Egypt had come with them. So, so in their mind, they were like, those people were like, Egypt is my home. And, and when I was there, I had stuff, I ain't got it out here now, and I'm about tired of waiting. So now they're whining and complaining. And the children of Israel also, what, is it, what does that mean? They joined in the whining and complaining. And they wept again and said, who shall give us flesh to eat? What is flesh to eat? Meat. <laughs> Somebody said chicken. <laughs> Steak. Pork chops, whatever it is, lamb. Who's going to give us meat to eat? Because at this point in time, they were, they, they were wanting more. Say more. So now it's okay. Uh, so, so the fire was put out, and, and we, we, manna is coming from the sky for us all the time. Now who's going to give us some meat? Verse 5, we remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. I guess they wanted to put leeks and onions and garlic on their meat, right? <laughs> ain't, nobody just eat that, ain't nobody just eating that dry long soul, as my grandmama used to say. 
verse 6. But it says, but now our soul is dried away. And there's nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. And the manna was as coriander seed and the color thereof as the color of delium. And the people went about and gathered it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, but they're like, but we, was, but, so we have, but we still want some meat. So here they are. Wanting what? Wanting more. Wanting something else. Man, it was not enough for them. Give us something else. We want some meat. Okay? Let's drop down to verse 18. Same chapter. Okay? And say thou unto the people, this is the Lord telling Moses, sanctify yourselves again tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh. Meaning what? I'm going to give you some meat. For ye have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt, Therefore, the Lord will give you flesh, and you shall eat. Verse 20. But even a whole month until it come out of your nostrils. Verse 19 says, you shall not eat one day, nor two days, nor five days, neither ten days, nor twenty days, but even a whole month until it come out of your nostrils and it be loathsome to you. What is loathsome? Disgusting. Don't, I've had enough. I've had too much. You're going to get so much of it, you're going to get it in, in, to an extreme amount, next word, because that ye have despised the Lord, which is among you, and have wept before him, saying, why came we forth out of Egypt? Is the Lord offended? He's offended. They were being beaten and starved and, and, and put in hard labor, overworked. And, they're, and now they're freaking out because we want meat. We, we want what we, we had back in slavery. We, we, we want what we had back in bondage. And the Lord is not pleased. Is he pleased? He is not pleased. Okay. Verse 21. And Moses said, the people among whom I am are 600,000 footmen. And thou hast said, I will give them flesh that they may eat a whole month. How, ma how many people are clamoring for meat? 600,000 footmen. Does that, in does that include the women? And the men had women, y'all know that, right? They had wives, they had children. So, so what do you do with that number? You gotta like triple that number. So you, what, what do we got here going? Almost two million people. So Moses is like, how is this supposed to happen? We are here in the wilderness. Verse 23. Moses, now, so verse 22. Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? This, this is Moses asking the Lord. Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice them? What's Moses saying? I don't know how this is going to happen. He's, he, he's talking to God. I don't know how this is going to happen. Verse 23. And the Lord said unto Moses, Is the Lord's hand waxed short? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. <laughs> and Moses went out, told the people the words of the Lord, and gathered elders of the people and set them around about the tabernacle. Are you there? Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's see, let's go down to same chapter, um, verse 31. I'm sorry, verse 30. And Moses got him into camp, 
he and the elders of Israel. And there went forth a wind from the Lord and brought quail from the sea and let them fall by the camp. So, so, so what kind of wind could come from the sea that could, get, that could get birds off course? What kind of wind? Huh? A tsunami or, or, or what else? What kind of wind? What kind of wind would be whipped up? To? Hurricane. Tornado. Because can't nobody do that but God, right? All right. So, so here they are. <laughs> He's answering Moses' question like, how are how, how everybody going to get meat? The, Bible, the Lord said, and there went forth a wind from the Lord and brought quail from the sea and let them fall by the camp. What does that mean? They just fell out the, they just fell out the sky. Right? So, so it's, like, it's like when tornadoes come, right? And they pick up something and carry it to another place. And drop it. Right? We, we've all seen that in our region, haven't we? So here are uh, the quail. What are quail? Birds. Correct. And uh, they, they fall by the camp as it were a day's journey on this side meaning there was so much of it, there were so many on one side, and as it were, a day's journey on the other side, round about the camp, and as it were, two cubits high upon the face of the earth. <laughs> what, were there birds falling out of the sky? Yes. They had been brought there by a wind of God. Correct? All right, all right. And the people and the people stood up all that day and all that night and all the next day, and they gathered the quails. He that gathered the least amount gathered ten homers. Y'all know what that means? How many is ten homers? <laughs> a whole lot <laughs> yes it's a whole lot 10 homers is equal to 50 bushels yes 50, the least amount anybody gathered was 50 bushels now how many people were there 2 million a lot of birds. A lot of chicken, right? <laughs> y'all thought y'all wanted chicken. And they spread them all abroad for themselves round about the camp. So, back to, uh, um, let me see. Let's go back to verse 19. It said, you shall not eat one day, nor two days, nor five days, neither ten days, nor twenty days, but even a whole month until it come out your nostrils and become loathsome to you. Do you think they're now disgusted with dead birds everywhere that they got to cook up somehow? All right. <laughs> so, so now they got meat. They got flesh. They got, they got more than they asked for, right? They got more than they bargained for. This is the result of being what? Lustful. And what else? Disrespectful. And whining. And complaining. And what? Ungrateful. <laughs> All right. How do you think they're feeling now? Sick. 
And while the flesh was yet in their teeth, what does that mean? While they're still chewing. <laughs> Ere it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the people. And the Lord smote the people with a very great plague. Are you seeing this? And he called the name of that place Kibroth Hadavah because there they buried the people that lusted. And Kibroth Hadavah means graves of craving. So, this is the book of divine discipline. But is it doing any good? All right. Let's, let's go, let's look at how they continued. After that, you would think that you would be like, okay, 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 God, we're going to do it your way, right? We, we, we. We sorry. We not. We didn't mean to offend you. Let's see if that if that's what happened. <laughs> Let's turn over to the next chapter. <clears throat> because in spite of all this, <coughs> excuse me, they didn't stop. Let's see what they. Let's see what they had up their sleeve next. Numbers chapter twelve. Are you there? And verse 1. It says, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. Who's Miriam? Moses' sister. Who's Aaron? Moses' brother. They're, they're a part of Moses' uh, ministry team. His sister and his brother and Moses. Okay, so, so now, but now they're cutting up. Miriam and Aaron, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman he had married. <laughs> For he had married an Ethiopian woman. Yes, so now his sister and brother don't like, they don't like their sister-in-law. Y'all know nothing about that, right? That don't happen today. I mean, really. <laughs> okay. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only to Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? Next words. Read the next five words. And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And Moses spake sudden, and the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam. Come out, ye three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. You think that was a lovely greeting that they just heard? And they three uh, came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud, stood in the door of the tabernacle, and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth, doing what? Shaking and quaking, they should have been, right? And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in all mine house. What does that mean? Moses is the most faithful of anybody in my family, anybody in my nation. 
Did, he, did, they, did the Lord say Moses, Aaron, and, and Miriam are the most faithful? But who's got the attitude? Miriam and Aaron. They don't like, they don't like Moses' wife. And they're talking about her. They're talking junk about her. And now there's like, he, he, how, how he the one? I mean, we on the team. Now the Lord's speaking. Verse 8. The Lord says, with him, with who? Will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall be, he behold, wherefore then, were, wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? What's the Lord saying to them? How come you weren't scared? Like, where did you get the nerve? You understand that, right? Like, where did you get the nerve from to speak against my servant Moses? I speak to him how? Mouth to mouth, not in dark speeches, so, so why weren't you afraid to speak against him? Verse 9, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against who? Miriam and Aaron. And he departed. Who departed? God. Verse 10, and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. When the cloud would be over the, the worship center, that was, the, that was evidence of the presence of God. So the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, Lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. Verse 13. And, everybody read it with me. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. <laughs> Did it happen? Did it happen? <clears throat> Where am I? Okay. Not right away. He did heal her. Because who asked? Moses. Moses. And the Lord, and so let's go to verse 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? What is he referring to? Disrespect. And he's referencing the law that was given to the nation, given to the people, that if a child would spit in the face of their parent, they would have to be reprimanded and corrected for seven days. So, the Lord says, let her, Miriam, be shut out from the camp seven days. And after that, let her be received in again. And Miriam was shut out from the camp, how long? Seven days. And the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. And afterward, the people were able to move on. Because did the Lord heal her? He healed her. Evil speaking kept getting them into trouble. Speaking against Moses, Let's look at one more passage about this evil speaking. Chapter 21. So you think they're cured now? 
Let's see. <laughs> All right, are you there? Number, Numbers chapter 21. And let's go to verse 5. Are you there? And the people spake against God. Oh, my God. Spake against who? Moses. Right? Did you say Moses? It spake against God and against Moses. And they said, Wherefore have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathed this light bread. What does that mean, loathe it? It, we, it's disgusting. We hate it. <laughs> yeah, they forgot about the birds. Verse 6. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. Meaning what? They, they had moved into another area, another territory, moving them closer to the promised land. And in that, era, in that territory, there were snakes. And the snakes came in among them. And it says, much people of Israel did what? They died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. What do they want Moses to do? Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. Next verse, and the next sentence, and what? Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, giving Moses an instruction, for what? How to help the people. Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, and it shall, okay? So what is he telling Moses to do? Make, take metal, take brass, take bronze, and make it, in, make it look like a snake. Are you understanding? Make it look like a serpent and set it upon a pole. The Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. Make it look like these fiery serpents that are biting people. And set it upon a pole and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. Verse 9. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man when he beheld the serpent of brass he lived okay you got that all right right here in this passage is Jesus, tell me how we see Jesus in this passage right here. Okay, it's a precursor to Jesus being on the cross. Okay, the people are being, being bitten, being killed by snakes that they allowed themselves that they brought on themselves, correct? And they cry out to Moses. The Lord tells Moses what to do. Use brass. Make it into the shape of a snake. Put it on a pole. Anybody who looks at it will be healed. Anybody who looks at it will be healed. The same way that anybody who's in sin, on purpose or otherwise, can't get their life together, can't get it right, 
if they look to the one on the cross, who is Jesus, he will save whoever looks to him. Are you getting this? Are you understanding? And what is God saying here? He's always available to save. He's always looking for a way to bring people back into a right relationship with him. Now, what do we see here? We see people in a, purposely stepping into a wrong relationship, purposely getting out of alignment with God, forgetting what he's done for them before, ignoring what he's done for them before, disrespecting what he's done for them before. And yet, and yet, he, 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 he fashions a way for them to come back to a right relationship. Over and over and over. In here, we see Jesus. In here, we see the grace of God. That's abounding. We see the heart of God who says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Nothing you can do can stop me from loving you. Awesome, right? Awesome. Right here, we see Jesus in the book of Numbers because this is a representation of what God did by allowing Jesus to come into the world to die for us, to die, to be nailed to the cross for us so that if we look to him, we can be saved, have a right relationship with God and eternal life. Amen? Amen. To God be the glory. Let's stop right there for tonight. We'll continue next time. To God be the glory. <laughs>